Welcome to the Good and New Podcast. Where the sponsors are fake and the hosts are buzzed. And we say for your feelings, enjoy the show! Throwing a lip pillow. Upper decky lip pillow? Yep. Tap Chad. Fuck um, you, Chuck. Yeah, fucking Chuck. What's his name? Schumacher? Schumer. Um, Probably Amy's dad. Did he? Yeah. Oh, God. They're both awful, so that makes sense. Did uh, that go through, or is that going to go through? No zins for... I can't see how it would go through. You wouldn't think big I mean, uh, nicotine would let that happen. Yeah, I mean, they're okay with people shooting up heroin in safe spaces, giving them free needles, but can't throw a zin in. The things they choose to be upset with, politicians, unfucking believable yeah. Did Do you have a rough guess? This is off topic. How are you doing? Good, and you? <laughs> Pretty good, and you? <laughs> Um, we're jumping around, so there's an interview coming later, Trevor with B-H-A-A-F-I, you'll f- find out everything you need to know, incredible interview. Great interview. Coming up in a little bit here, so we're doing our beginning part now, whatever. Um, do you know how much money estimated it would take to end homelessness in the United States? Oh, boy. Now, again, this is estimated via social media, so probably nowhere near accurate, but probably I've seen it Probably multi- less than what we sent to Ukraine. Exactly. <laughs> Big time less. It's actually just a little bit more than what we're about to send to... Israel? I, I, Israel. Iran, they're all the same. I have no fucking no, clue. <laughs> Iran is the one that is not friendly right now. <laughs> oh, got it. Uh, my mistake. Um, dude, I saw a crate. Have I sent you some of the videos from this, like, warrior, whatever, blah, 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 Instagram account that's, like, live footage or video from war zones no dude a guy got i they just shot swiss cheese like shot 30 times into him today as he ran up on him with a knife i did see that that guy and i saw that on x yeah yeah in gaza or something yeah yeah some palestinian 14 year old palestinian kid tried to stab and what is idf idf soldier yep and then yeah oh my god God, dude, it was brutal. Like, I literally watched the guy die. Like, faces of death type stuff. Yeah. He I was trying to, like, get up and then, like, another 10 shots and then head just down. I like to go on X to get, like, Packers news. Like... and Well, I do like on X as well, but uh, formerly known as Twitter. Oh. To get, like, Packers news and NFL news. And then I get, like, people getting shot in the head. Mm-hmm. And Dude, there's, a, there's an X account that's, like, strictly uh, Chicago street violence. Oh. And it's brutal. No, thank you. Oh, my God. So, yeah, this is a family show. Um, we'll get to the lighthearted stuff later. Um, housekeeping, <clears throat> we may have talked about it, may have not, in the interview portion or whatever. Uh, supposedly, our landlord, Bo, shout out, thank you for the studio, uh, buy houses from him. Supposedly, Bo did not throw the snowball on episode 56. So, hit it was the probably that guy in the truck. Who? I don't know who that is. I don't either. Um. So fuck that guy, whoever that was. Yeah. Like, if that would have broke the window, what the fuck? Yeah. Jeez Our Louise. landlord would have been pissed. Dude. Um, and our rent check wouldn't have covered it. <laughs> no, because we never sent one. Um, other housekeeping. Uh, oh, people probably think that I was an idiot when I listened back. You had mentioned that the Brazilian was 32 years old when I said Pele. Oh. Pele, definitely not 32 and RIP. Way to go. I did not catch that, nor would I have even connected those two things. But it makes sense when you say it now. Um, 
trivia episode. Great feedback. Greg, Cam, and Stu, excellent guests. Mm-hmm. They were very happy with the sh- uh, like being part of it. Uh, I think we need to make that a reoccurring thing. Like the five of us, hashtag five yeah. guys, not the place with yeah. the burgers and fries. Um, Maybe even if we can get uh, Pop Can in here too. The ooh. whole golf spectrum. Ooh, yeah. That would be a six sum that is tough to beat. Six dudes, two couches. Six dudes, two couches. I mean, yeah, that one seats three, I think. We can yeah. squeeze Pop Can's girthy member <laughs> into that. Um, so, yeah, shout out those guys. Thank you. And to all the listeners, thank you very much. Have you looked at our YouTube subscribers recently? I have not. Where are we at? We are over, we're close to 80. Holy shit. I didn't want to tell you because I did a boosted like promotion on YouTube and that secured us roughly, I think it said 10 or 12. I, I mean, I can take a look at it and it got us some extra views, but because of the 10 or $15 spent, it's attributing those new likes or subscribers to it. So I haven't got my tits out yet because of it. I didn't even know that you could boost on YouTube. And it's a, technically, it, I didn't know you could boost on any of these except <laughs> had it not been for you. It's a newer thing. They use It's like a promotions tab that's like, I feel like I've never seen it before. You used to, from what I understood, had to have like a much more significant channel. Maybe it's like a time thing. Like you had to been around a year at least. And okay. I don't know. Yep. But all of a sudden... It was there, I and I tried it, and it worked. So, so now do we have to start making shorts for Mitchell? <laughs> yeah, Mitchell loves the YouTube shorts. Uh, Jeff Clark, shout out Jeffy. He has a YouTube channel that he posts all sorts of different videos and shorts oh, for really? whatever reason because he likes it. He's got some stuff that's got like 20,000 views, whatever. Like He's getting some like high-quality views. You'll have to share that with me. I will, and he posted some of our stuff when I sent him the clips. He... So yeah, um, yeah, we'll have to do, do some more YouTube stuff. Other than that, for housekeeping, I think that's it. Yep. Go watch the trivia episode or listen. Um, Stick around for the interview that will be after this. Yes. Brand new person in both of our lives. Never met the guy before. Yeah. Um, very knowledgeable. Very cool. And let's get into the stuff. Do I start National Day or do you start with birthdays? I don't remember. Oh, I thought you were just about to tell me that you did National Day no, also. No, I definitely have birthdays. <laughs> okay. I, do we start? I, I mean, National Day seems like it makes sense. Yeah. To start that, that way. Yeah. Yep. And I had these prepared for you and Trevor, so you just get all of them I out. did as well. Okay. Yeah. I, you were going to be first, so. He's a busy guy, time crunch, so yeah, that's he why he's a, not. Dude, he drove an hour to get here for an interview for an hour to drive an hour back to do an hour and a half to two hour seminar on trapping. Yeah. So busy guy, fucking dedicated man. Yeah, good for him. Um, on the seventh, this comes out February seventh. Uh, National Periodic Table Day. Okay. National Ballet Day. All right, Kyle. I need you to tell me if your life depended on it, which of those could you become an expert with? A periodic table. I've at least taken a chemistry class. Okay, <laughs> so you're comfortable with that. Now, More so than ballet, yeah. Now, what if I said it wasn't performing ballet, but you just had to be like an expert ballet historian? I have zero interest in it, so like, there's okay, there's so you, zero percent chance that could happen. You would learn a shit ton about the periodic table. Yeah. What do you know about it right now? Anything? Because I don't uh, know anything. Yeah, like it's got the elements and stuff. And well, I know some that of the, part. Like, uh, I know that part. Uh, 
two letter codes or whatever for yep. them. But like iron is F E. Okay, there you go. That's what Gold I was looking for. Gold is A U. Oxygen. Or is that silver? Or silver A G. I don't know. I don't remember. I just always liked looking at the table and like trying to like pair stuff together to make slur words or bad words. <laughs> yeah, that's what most people did in chemistry. <laughs> um all right, that's the seventh. So you're gonna be a periodic table expert. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh birthday's on the seventh. We're gonna do word association. Oh boy. Uh there are six of them, just not that it matters, but uh Chris Rock turning fifty nine. Slap. Ashton Kutcher turning forty six. Mila. James Spader turning sixty three. Robert California. That's right. Okay. Um Closeted. <laughs> Steve Nash turning fifty. Dribbling. Happy half century to Steve. Yeah. Uh Garth Brooks, sixty two. Um Chris Bridges. Or no, what's his name? Gaines. Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines. Matthew Stafford turning 36. Loser. Those are your birthdays. Wow. Um, <clears throat> trying to think back to James Spader. Besides The Office, what else is he famous for? Uh, I cannot remember what the name of that other show was that he was on. Um, I, uh, it was like maybe, I don't know. Anyhow. like The only one I ever watched was The Office. The Office. And would you agree when he had the party at his house or whatever... He was kind of like into making Ryan do some weird shit or whatever. Like there's yeah, something talking going. about dripping mutton juices <laughs> down his chest. There's something going on there. Uh, all right, <clears throat> on the eighth, um, I want you to tell me how you would celebrate each of these. Okay, Fat Thursday. Are you familiar? I've heard of Fat Tuesday, but not Fat Thursday. So supposedly, Fat Thursday is the last. But isn't Fat Tuesday the thing for Lent? Yeah, it's the day before Ash Wednesday, which is when Lent starts. So why the fuck did Fat Thursday come up? Because I was the same thing. But it's like the exact same thing. The last Thursday before. So is there a Fat Friday, a Fat Saturday, a Fat Sunday? I guess, maybe. Uh, So you know what it is, whether it's incorrect or correct. How would you celebrate if you're going to participate in the, um, what do you call it, abstaining from goodies or foods certain foods by living my life because i don't give anything up for lent <laughs> okay uh i see i thought i could get something interesting out of our guests like learn a little bit about him uh, like how he would do it um national iowa day what oh, would you and cody weber i'm do? gonna shoot web attacks <laughs> so that's on the eighth remember All everybody right. if you have cody that's... weber's phone number in your phone reach out yep duh Maybe call after 9, because he'll be sleeping until at least 9 a.m. Yeah. Those are it, those two? Those are the two I picked for the 8th. Not right. a bunch of cool shit. All right, so birthday's on the 8th. So you have to take one of these guys on in their respective sport. Who do you think you would stand a better chance against? <clears throat> Clay Thompson, turning 34. Paul Wright, a.k.a. The Big Show, turning 52. Ooh. Or Kimbo Slice. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, God. Um, definitely not Kimbo Slice and R.I.P. for sure. Some of the greatest like YouTube videos when YouTube was first becoming a thing. Seeing him yeah. beat the shit out of people in backyards. Oh. 
Yeah, what was that? It wasn't. It was just like backyard brawl or whatever. Backyard right? brawl. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't made not it. the homeless one. He made it to MMA. Yeah, yeah. He was on a season of uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. Okay. So definitely not him. Much respect to what he does. Um, I mean, Clay Thompson would beat me in basketball for sure. The Big Show would probably kill me, but I feel like I could make that more entertaining, especially if it's not like real wrestling or real fighting. Yeah. So as long as you don't have to like give him a suplex or anything. Oh God, no! <laughs> I mean, I would go top rope on him. I'd yeah. kick out his knee or something. You'd you be know, like, like Ray Mysterio compared, compared to, to him. him. Yeah, I'd take that. Wow, how old is Big Show? Big Show is turning. I think it was fifty-two. I thought he would have been older than that. Yeah, yeah. fifty-two. Dude, I mean, he's like a Great Dane, though. His life expectancy is, I mean, because he's so big. Yeah. It's lower. He was in, um, did you ever watch Royal Pains? Is that a TV show or a movie? It's a TV show about, like, a concierge doctor on the Hamptons or Long Island or something. No. He was in, like, a half a season of that. It was really weird to see, like, hmm. him playing a, just some, like, boyfriend like of a yeah. acting role. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right, on the ninth. You have to pick two of the following and combine them for a date with your better half. Okay? So you're going to pick two of these things to celebrate on this day. Oh, okay. For, a, for My mind was on like people and birthdays, so I'm like, I don't know oh, how that's going to work. So okay. you and your, your wife are going to have we're, a date. We're going out on a date and we have to do two of these things. Yeah. Okay. National Pizza Day. Okay. National Bagel and Locks Day. Okay. Welsh Language Music Day. <laughs> International Winter Bike to Work Day. And National Read in the Bathtub Day. That just sounds like you're going to ruin a book. Uh, I'm gonna, I guess we're eat, getting fat. We're eating bagels and locks and pizza. <laughs> Have you ever had bagel and locks before? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good, good stuff. Love it. I really thought you were going to do pizza in the bathtub. Pizza in the bathtub? While reading to her. Yeah. We don't really read to each other. That's not something we typically do. That's what do. I would pick for you to do. Okay. And uh, then have to ride your I'm, bike to work the next day. I'm also not a bathtub guy. You don't take baths? No. I, I don't, don't remember the last time I took a bath. Do you like hot tubs? No, I don't. You don't? I, yeah, I really don't like bath or hot tubs. Hmm. You don't like bathing? I like showering. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, quick shower or do you sometimes indulge in a nice Sometimes long... I indulge, yeah. Yeah. Got it. Good right. to know. <laughs> Birthdays on the ninth. You're going to blind rank net worths. Okay. Uh, there are, jeez, oh. had to give some context because I think this was for him just in case so there's four of them four five people. of them five there's people one two three four five people five people michael b jordan turning 37 <clears throat> he had some movies recently what the fuck was he in where he's like a army dude or secret agent or something i'm gonna put him i'm gonna put him number three three okay joe pesci turning 81 god I don't know. Has has he been in anything recently? I mean, he's getting residuals for sure. He was in. Um, I think he was in. Uh, oh God, 
Martin Scorsese on Netflix. Oh, so um, something recent. Yeah. Uh, crap. I bet he's been... The Jimmy Hoffa one. Okay. I bet he's been stacking his money a little bit. I'll put him at two. Two? I might have those two backwards, the first two. Saquon Barkley, turning 27. Mm. He's probably more like three. I don't think he's going to be number one. I'll put him at four, even though I know he's not going to be number four. Charlie Day. The fuck is that? Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Horrible Bosses. Oh, oh yeah. Um, damn. The one who's got like the meme of the yeah, lines yeah. going everywhere. I He's worth a lot, but I guess I'll put him at five. Jair Alexander turning 27. Ooh, happy birthday, John Money. And well, he's going to be number one, one spot. but he's probably not. All right, let me revise now quick. I'm just going to pick a new number one. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say Pesci is number one, Saquon number two, Jair number three, Jordan four, and whoever five. I have no idea who you, how you just did that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the actual number one, Joe Pesci. Oh, okay. I worth, had him at two. Worth 50 million. What? Yeah. That's it? Yeah, that's it. And I he's guess. number one? He's number one. Saquon. At number two, worth $45 million. Charlie Day. Oh, fuck. Worth $30 million. Michael B. Jordan, worth $25 million. And Jair Alexander, worth $5 million, Which... Because he hasn't been paid out yet. Yeah, in his contract. Which is weird because he was averaging... What is it? His average is like $20 million a year or some shit like that, isn't it? Yeah. So he would have got at least... This might have been from like twenty, like right after he signed the contract, so yeah, he hadn't been paid yet. Yeah, that might not be up to date, so we'll <laughs> say mine was correct. <laughs> Your revise was probably better, very close. Yeah. All right. Um. Oh, housekeeping from last episode: Donald Driver's birthday. I missed Donald oh, Driver's yes. birthday. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Happy birthday to a great one. Oh, dude, he was awesome. Buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> Click it or ticket. Um. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Do you think that's why Jair does the strapped? Probably not. He, I don't think he put that together, but it's a good theory. It makes me feel better about seeing it. He's probably like Donald Driver's the only guy that I probably couldn't have covered. So yeah, I'm do a seatbelt in honor. Um, the tenth international. So let's see. Yeah, International Cribbage Day. Okay. National Flannel Day. And this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> I want you to pick which day you'd celebrate and tell me who you would celebrate with. Okay, so you're going to pick one of the two days. Okay. I need you to name three people that you're going to celebrate with that probably apply to the day or that are a good cribbage player, whatever. The first one needs to be a family member or friend. Okay. The second one needs to be a famous person. All right. And the third needs to be a character from a movie or TV show. So are you going to play cribbage or are you going to celebrate flannel day? We'll do flannel day. Okay. Um, Family or friend, famous person, actor from a movie or a show. Okay, so it's going to be you for the family or friend. Mm -hmm. Famous person, Paul Bunyan. 
Nice. <laughs> and then from a movie or TV show, that was the other one? Yep. Uh, so just a character. Um, God, who'd be a cool one to hang out with? I have one in mind. I'm trying to telepathically tell you who it is right now. <laughs> um, Dwigged Schrute. I could see him making his own flannel. Yes. So that's a good fucking Who are you one. trying to... Al Borland. <laughs> flannel. Oh, fuck. That would have been a good one. Flannel master. Dude, that would have been a hell of a golf foursome. Yeah. Paul Bunyan <laughs> off the tee. Um, Wouldn't want him putting, though. No, Probably has God, no, no. no touch at all. Exactly. Like I've heard on the golf course from somebody, I don't know who it was. Um, might have been a perfect stranger when they have a bad putt or just a... Not good touch, let's say. I know what's coming here. Hands like a lesbian bricklayer. That'd be Paul Bunyan around the green. Yep. Um, have you ever played cribbage? Oh, uh, yeah. We actually... So I played in, like, I don't know, elementary school, I think. And then hadn't played in years. Only I've ever and played. I don't know how, but Jessica's like, oh, we should, like, play cribbage or whatever. Bought a cribbage board. You can play with two, three, or four people. I learned that. Yep. Um, we have not played it yet. Addison and I played one time, but I need somebody who knows what they're doing to reteach me because oh. trying to like read the rules and play. That's not fun. Yeah. Dude, YouTube University. Yeah. There's got to be an influencer on there that's playing topless or something. <laughs> yeah. Cause watching cribbage on YouTube would not be. If there's not anyone doing it, that's what this has become. You and I learning to play cribbage on YouTube. There we go. There's our next video. Uh, Jeff, trademark that, please. <laughs> oh, Jeff had great feedback. on. He listened on his trip to Disney. He downloaded Ooh. it, and I caught him right before he was getting on the plane for something else. I told him, hey, trivia episode, download it, listen on the flight. And he texted me mid-flight. He must have paid for the Wi-Fi just to text me. He said, this he is fucking awesome. got that attorney money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so shout out, Jeff, for listening on the plane. Oh, so he did like my questions then. Yeah. All right. He well, didn't not like them, to my knowledge. I don't know. All right. Well, Jeff, that's what you're in for when you play next. <laughs> yep. So, birthday's on the 10th. We've got a CWC situation going on. Lovely. Was this going to be for Trevor? No, this was going to be you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, we've got Elizabeth Banks turning 50. Who's that? Um, the only movie that I can think of that she was in. Oh, wait. No, she was also. Cody Banks, secret agent or whatever? No. Uh, Zach and Miri make a porno. Who was she? Seth Rogen. She was Miri. Oh. Uh, and then she was also in uh, uh, the one where Paul Rudd and Stifler like have to, oh, like with the kids. Yeah. Role models. Role models. Yeah. She was Paul Rudd's uh, girlfriend in that. That's awesome. She's kind of a bitch. Yeah. So she's turning fifty. Uh, George Stephanopoulos. Turning 63, he's uh, like a political pundit, and now I think he might be on like Good Morning America or Isn't something. that the kid's fake ID name from Vegas Vacation? No, that's Papadopoulos or oh. whatever, right? <laughs> I don't know. And then uh, Instagram star Mia Khalifa turning 31. That's what it said on the... Oh. <clears throat> Isn't she like a... Only fans are like porno lady too, though. Yeah, she was in. She was in porn. She was in porn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, but she's an Instagram star because she's such a fucking sinner. I'm gonna have her Clinton. Okay. 
Um, and I will coitus the 50-year-old bitch. Elizabeth Banks. Yep. And I guess, yeah, married Papalopoulos, whatever his name is. <laughs> George Stephanopoulos. Him too. He's got to have a little bit of money. and Oh, I, I bet, yeah. I don't know. He's probably into some like weird, crazy shit. Goes to some cool parties, maybe. I mean, politics. Yeah, they do. If it's if crazy uh, stuff, the one in the wheelchair. What was his name? Uh, if he was right, was Stephen like, Hawking. No, no, no. The the younger congressman. Oh, um, when he was talking about how yes. there was like drug and orgy parties in Washington D.C. What's his name? Oh, I can see his stupid face too. I bought a T-shirt of his. He was the like super Republican one, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he had a T-shirt with his like little wheelchair wheelchair logo, and like on the front of the shirt it said "Cry More Lib." Yeah, which I thought was hilarious. Did you watch the new Dave Chappelle on Netflix? Not yet. So he has a joke about. Oh fuck! His name just came and left. Stephen God Avery. No, <laughs> but he had a he had a joke about him, and he found out this guy. Oh my God! I, his name's on the tip of my Christian. tongue. Christian. Um. But anyway, Kabapple. so he found out about it, and uh, he came to one of uh, one of Chappelle's shows. Wheeled into to one? See, yeah, wheeled into it to hear the joke or whatever. And Dave Chappelle was, like, blown away that he had heard that he did a joke about him and, like, still came to see it. He's like, a lot of respect for the guy. So Chappelle said that on his special. Yes. He explained this. Yep. Madison <clears throat> Cawthorn. Nice. Yeah. Um, you said something. Oh, what did we. Dude, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. The show. The show. Have you watched it? Is it on Prime? Prime. Okay. Have you watched it? I have not. Amazing. Childish Gambino, Fucking right? Fucking amazing, yes. Now, if I were a pig, I would say the co star could be hotter, but I'm not. And who's the co-star? I don't know, some Japanese lady. Um, she's. I mean, sometimes she looks kind of attractive. Mm, I don't. Not for me. But she plays a good part. Good fucking show. Highly recommend, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Finished it already. It was eight or nine episodes first season. Okay. Uh, family friendly, not so much. Some kind of okay. gory death, weird scenarios, but right. hilarious cool. and like action and really good. So there you go. Give that one a watch then. Um, what are we on? The 12th? The 11th. <clears throat> the 11th. <clears throat> the 11th, supposedly, is Pro Sports Wives Day. Okay. Is that also the so Super you, Bowl? you like celebrate the wives? I think of... the 11th is the Super Bowl, isn't it? If that's Sunday. I need yeah, you that'd to, be Sunday. I need you to pick three pro sports wives to invite to your Super Bowl party. Any sport, just the wives, no husbands coming with. So, I, I, maybe, can you even think of three? Jason Kelsey's wife. She seems pretty cool. Do you know her name? If anyone wants to look her up, just look up Jason Kelsey. Is it Kylie? That Kylie sounds Kelsey? right. Jenner? No, no <laughs> not that one. Um, so, her. Okay. Um... Gretzky's daughter, the one that's married to uh, Paulina Dustin. Yep, Dustin Johnson. Um, 
God, who else would be a cool one? Brooks Kepka's wife seems no. like a psycho, so not her. Yeah. Um, She's like if Mahomes' wife was hot. Yeah. Just annoying and, slightly, and stupid. Slightly less annoying, I think. Yeah, but, probably. Um, and then we'll go with uh, somebody to kind of tone it down. Let's go with Kirk Cousins' wife. She seems oh, like a weirdo. Nice Christian. Um, X Factor, what are they bringing as like a dish to pass or like a party favor? Each one of them. Uh, Kirk Cousins' wife is bringing communion wafers. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Paulina's going to bring... I don't know, let's just say sushi for <laughs> some blow. <laughs> and who's the first one I said? Oh, Jason Kelsey's, Kelsey's wife. wife. Yeah, She's going to bring Philly cheesesteak. Yes, nice. That sounds like a good party. Yeah. You got a wild <laughs> child in Paulina. You got like a friendly, like, kind of like tomboy, but still like, you know, chick with Kelsey's wife. And then the Bible thumper. Probably loves yeah. getting thumped. Yeah. Oh, J.J. Watt's wife, maybe. Oh, pro soccer player, too. Yeah. She maybe play... sub her out for uh, cousins. Yeah. She play soccer with the kids. Yeah. Like, go distract them for a little bit. Yep. There you go. All right. Birthday's on the 11th. Um, you can only listen to this person's music for the rest of your life. You go with Cheryl Crow turning sixty-two, Brandy turning forty-five, or Kelly Rowland turning forty-three. Kelly Rowland, Destiny's Child. That's my bitch. No, her solo career. Fuck Destiny's Child. Oh, okay. <laughs> what she got? Like one, <laughs> two song? or three songs. That one with Nelly. Um. Oh yeah. Fuck, like middle school dance, like just not good banger. <laughs> yeah. Slow <okay>. dance material. <laughs> um, damn, what the hell is that song? Cheryl Crow, I don't know. How I long mean, until you just drive your vehicle right into a goddamn bridge abundant? <laughs> I it's between her and Cheryl Crow. Yeah. Brandy is no way no how. Cheryl Crow, because there's more instruments and stuff to it, I guess. Right? Did she have a full band? Yeah, well, I, I think she even plays, like, guitar or whatever. Okay. I might have fucked that up, but, yeah, I'm going to stick with it. Kelly Rowland. All right. Rowland? Rowland. Um, on the 12th. Sick of food waste day. So, specific to eating your leftovers and not wasting food. Okay. As specific as you can be. Brand, how you make it, what you do, what this, that, whatever. I need your... Top three leftovers in order from worst to best. From worst to best? Like, my not top worst, three but yeah, three to one. Of leftovers that I care to eat? Mm-hmm. Uh, pizza, obviously. Well, that's not going to be worst. I guess I got to go reverse order. Mm-hmm. Can I do like a group of foods? Sure. So like th- okay, we'll go Thanksgiving leftovers. Ooh, yeah. Three. Mm-hmm. We'll do pizza two mm-hmm. and brats one. Really? Cold, cold brats. Love a cold brat. Just oh, no bite. <laughs> no. Still on a bun with all the accoutrement. Oh, you put everything on it. Yeah. I like a plain brat. I'll do it. Hot or cold. Just wrap that, squeeze that bun around it so tight and just Yeah. 
Are you? I, uh, I'll put stuff on it too. Onions, yeah. no ketchup, mustard. Um, it's gotta be good mustard. I prefer a good mustard. I mean, I'll do yellow mustard in a pinch, but. Mm. What kind of pizza is your favorite leftover pizza? Like brand, you're brand, saying, or pizza place? Any anything? Um, like if you were hungover, or whatever, and you woke up on a Sunday morning, or you know, Sunday late afternoon or late morning, and you wanted some fucking leftover pizza, what do you want to open the fridge and see? All right, so I like Pizza Hut cold more than I like it hot. Okay. So if I'm going with cold pizza, I'm probably going to go with like Pepperoni Lovers. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Stuffed crust? Original. I'm not a big stuffed crust no? guy. Okay. Pan. Pan crust. Mm. Is that the thicker kind? Yep. Mm. Is your mouth watering right now? A little bit, is. yeah. <laughs> My stomach was growling before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. So. Yep. That's it for the 12th. All right. Don't waste your food, people. Yeah, don't. It's terrible. Starving kids in China. And the U.S. for that matter. Yeah. No, we're not going to feed them, though. We'll just send money to Ukraine. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so this one, I'll tell you the birthdays, and then I'll give you the scenario. So Robert Griffin III, turning 34. RG3. RG3. <clears throat> Tony Ferguson, MMA fighter, hmm. turning 40. Okay. Joe Rogan recently said that he was, in his prime, probably the best person in his weight class, like, ever. Hmm. So, you have to have RG3 be the Packers quarterback for a decade. Or, you have to go three rounds with Tony Ferguson. And we can have Favre to Rodgers to love. Oh, God. So, I'm replace, I'm rewriting history? Yes. Ah, uh, no. I can't do that. Fuck. I was going to say, like, yeah, that makes sense, though. I'd have to rewrite Because I feel like we wouldn't fuck up RG3's injury. Now, I don't necessarily love him as a quarterback. Or but, person. Yeah. He's kind of annoying. He's annoying as fuck. I think he could could have made it work if he didn't, like, get put back, you know, do the campaign to come back and fix his ACL with Nike and rush the rehab and then came back, got hurt, blah, 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 blah. If he didn't play for the fucking R-words at that time. Um, but, no, I'm not going to rewrite history and let that guy fucking murder me. <laughs> it's only three rounds. He's <gasps> smaller than you. Assuming um, I got to live through all that, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not going back yeah, and yeah. just making the decision then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll... I mean, he was he was one of the smaller weight class guys. I'll gouge like, Let's eyes. just say 150. Below the belt, gouging eyes, <laughs> anything and everything. No holds barred, prison fight. <laughs> all right, there you go. Um, on the 13th, it is Canada's agriculture day okay okay so based on the information from this website about canada's agriculture day tell me what you think their top agricultural produce is the website listed seven things what do you think canada's top agricultural produce is what are you considering produce does it have to be like vegetables and fruits or just that's a plant? Pretty, pretty much what it is yeah because I was going to say canola, but I don't, <laughs> the way you look at me, like, I wouldn't consider that produce, but. What the fuck is canola, like, the oil? Yeah, yeah it's the plant that they make canola oil out okay. of. Okay. Why do you know that? Because that's number one. 
I don't know if it's number one. It's the first one they listed. So that's not what the answer is then? Yeah, that's part of it. I thought... You said I just had to name the first one, right? Or the top? Name a f- Yeah, a few of them. Whatever comes oh, whatever to mind. Oh, whatever else they make? Yeah. Fuck. Wheat? Yep. Uh. Oh, fuck. Corn? Not on here. Um... Apples, maybe? I don't know. Nope. Uh, so you got the first two they listed, which I don't know if these are in order or not, but canola, wheat, barley, soybeans, rice, potatoes, and sugar beets. Huh. Yeah. Would not have pegged them to be big beet guys. But... No. That is it. Oh, you got birthdays. Birthdays. On the 13th. Who would you rather hang out with? Jerry Springer, RIP. He could be alive. Uh, Randall Moss turning 47 mm. or Peter Gabriel turning 74 who's that? the singer what did he sing? Um, God was he walking in Memphis? Still Peter Gabriel Let's see what some of his bangers were play one for us um, in your eyes Sledgehammer private eyes he was Sledgehammer? really? What is that? Play it. If this is the same sledgehammer that I'm thinking of. This music video, I'm pretty sure that's a sperm cell swimming around. (laughs) (laughs) Greg doesn't have any of those. This is the song I was thinking of. Peter Gabriel. Fuck Randy Moss. You're going with Peter Gabriel? Uh, who was the first one? Jerry Springer. Ooh. He'd have some stories, I bet. Dude. Jerry Springer's probably buddies with Peter Ga- Gabriel, so I'll just run that risk. I'll pick Jerry Springer. I don't know that I've heard the song, but I love it. When it gets to the chorus, you'd know it. Okay. But those are your birthdays. Those are the birthdays. Some good birthdays. National Day of, nothing crazy, but we got some stuff in there. Valentine's Day. Next Next week, week. our episode releases on Valentine's Day. Any plans? Anything in the works that you can or cannot say? Uh, No. You got big plans. I'm going to have to... Talk to the missus because her birthday is the day after. So, mm-hmm. spoiler alert for birthdays next week. And you got birthdays. No, I had birthdays this week. You and I birthdays. have birthdays. <laughs> made it. Um, I made one off camera. Allegedly. I, d- I really didn't see it, but apparently it's in there. No, I'm pretty sure that was still recording. So. Oh, it was. Fuck. If only I knew the guy who edited the video. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. I think interview coming up next. Enjoy. Um, follow along on their social media. Go to their website. Do all the stuff. We're going to share a bunch of shit. Um, yeah. Huge thank you to Trevor. Yeah. You got anything else? I don't. No. Yeah. Great interview. Yeah. So here comes Trevor with B H A and A F I. All right, we are here, episode 57, the Good New Podcast with uh, Trevor from the B 
H A A F I. Did I get all those right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a mouthful. It is. So Armed Forces Initiative. That's kind of your part of the backcountry hunters and anglers, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um. So yeah, let's start with. If you're watching, you can see Trevor. If you're just listening, um, we're doing a cool interview with somebody that reached out. I believe was it somebody that you work with reached out, or I can't remember right away. But... Uh, I think it was my social media manager. Okay. Probably cool. reached out. Yeah, you guys reached out, and I was like, absolutely, let's make it happen, and. Finally, we're able to do it. So, uh, small overview or whatever of backcountry hunters and anglers and the AFI stuff. Um, yeah, so we're coming up on our 20th anniversary. Uh, kind of founded in 2004, a bunch of hunters and anglers, two of which were veterans at the time, um, talking about they're on a hunt in Oregon and they were talking. Well, there's you know Rocky Mountain uh, Goat Alliance. There's the Big or the Wild Sheep Foundation Society mm-hmm. Foundation, whichever that is. Um, Rocket RMEF, Ducks mm-hmm. Unlimited, obviously, like all these species specific organizations, but with the public land, the public water that all these different creatures need to survive and thrive on the landscape, there's no organization protecting that landscape and then access to that landscape uh, as well. So out of that idea, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers was was formed. I think they had 16 members at first and uh now we're up and you've got 157,000 supporters, something crazy like wow, that. Wow, that's awesome. Nice it's, work. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, as far as the Armed Forces Initiative is concerned, so that was started out of an idea by one of our board members, Jeff Jones. Um, so he got back from Iraq uh, in 2017, 2018. He spent about three months of, uh, of his life, like took off work. Just He called it bluegill therapy where he's okay. just throwing a fly rod around, a little indicator, catching bluegill on the three-weight fly rod. And he had this whole, uh, what's it called when you talk to Congress? Like a testimony, testify to Congress, testimony to Congress? Yeah, whatever testify, yeah, That yep. sounds right. Yeah, is it where he just calls it bluegill therapy, and it's kind of like, there are a lot of people doing the same thing at the same time, but uh, putting a word to it was uh, like adjunct outdoor therapy for veterans. So it's mm. it's therapeutic, but there's no you know psychologist, psychiatrist there present. It's just the act itself of being outside in a participatory or a... Uh, engaging manner in that mm. natural cycle that he found mm. very helpful and he happens to sit on the board of backcountry hunters and anglers and he thought well why can't we do this in a more professional uh capacity so we started looking at uh, backcountry hunters and anglers we started looking at how would we engage the military community are we already engaging them what does that numbers look like or what do those numbers look like so in 2018 we did uh, our annual membership survey and we started looking at the first time we ever asked, are you a veteran, active duty military, National Guard, reserves, or Gold Star family member? And uh, at that point, 12.5% of BHA members did fit into that hmm. category. Okay. Now, the reason that's significant is because if you look at the general U.S. population, only between uh, it only has between 3 and 7%, depending on the, the survey you look at, oh, wow. as fitting in that population. So without really trying, BHA is doubling yeah. that uh, our membership in that specific demographic. So then looking into those numbers further, this is where I start to get involved, first as a volunteer, now currently on staff. Um, they start reaching out to veteran members of BHA, like, hey, what do you like about this? What don't you? What are you doing? And uh, we get into this crazy statistic where at least one member of each state organ, like state chapter of BHA is a member of that community, whether they're active duty National Guard or Reserves, Gold Star Family. So not only are we appealing to more of this demographic than we should be without trying, 
But this key demographic are some of our major donors. They're some of our major volunteer leaders. They're organizing the like riverbed cleanups, public land cleanups, sage grouse, reintroduction, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's, okay, well, Jeff Jones, this is a great idea. But also, just from a business standpoint, this is where we're getting a lot of our, like we're the military community kind of, uh, what's it, punches out of its weight class there as far as donations, as far as the amount of volunteer hours. Uh, as far as just overall commitment right there to conservation. And I think that just comes from some of the core values of service, pu- public service, and just uh, you get out of the military where every day there's a mission, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're done, and now yeah. there is no yep. mission. And they're yeah. just, they're ready to, that demographic of the community is ready to cling to something. And It's like a natural progression exactly. for them to want to do something like that. And they yeah. were probably, yeah. some of them, I'm, I'm sure, were into that, you know, hunting, fishing, whatever, prior to, you know, active duty or oh, being a part. Absolutely. Most of mm-hmm. them were the, um, or most of, most of our participants have hunted or fished it at one point. Uh, but they're like myself where I didn't hunt or fish the entire time I was in the okay. military. And it's, it is your year of training, year of deployment, year of rest. Then you move Year of training, year of deployment, rest. Then you move. So you're always in a different state. Mm-hmm. You don't really know the regulations. You can't store guns in the barracks, like privately owned firearms on base. Some bases allow hunting. Some bases don't. There's always a crazy, like, process to go figure out if you can hunt mm-hmm. so even if you know private hubs gets up the courage to go ask his boss like hey do you know where i could hunt or fish around here um first of all i did not get up that courage because the guy <laughs> he screamed is paid to scream at me every day and we're busy but uh even if i had gotten up the courage he got here six months before i did oh so okay. he has no idea either yeah yeah yep. you know so so a lot of people are dealing with that same scenario where they might not just you know exactly. take the time or worry about trying to figure it out while they're active absolutely and then yeah. you have the whole other kind of uh, uh dynamic of like the infantry special forces dudes that uh like i, I was infantry like and i didn't want to i didn't, didn't ever want to go hunting again not that i had anything against hunting it was just no way I've, uh, I've carried a gun around the woods before. That's work, man. Like, yep. just, you know, you do so many years in the military, and it kind of takes the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. And it took my dad and my brother, like, basically just dragging me out of the house. Like, no, we're, we're going to deer camp. You're coming. Like, okay. to where it's nice. like, oh, wow, this can be fun again. Like, yeah. this, is, yep. this is not terrible. Good for them for doing that for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it... Uh, so it, wor- it worked out, but um, that's mostly the participants we get are kind of along that same vein where, yeah, they've fished before, yes, they've hunted, and then once they get out of the military, they're kind of back into it, they're tiptoeing, and then once you get them to one event, they're like, oh, wow, this is a great time. Like, so. But anyway, yeah, so we started doing that, that research is BHA. 2020 or 2019, we got a big grant to start what would become the Armed Forces Initiative. 2020, we hosted our first event, which was for 18 people in uh, eastern Montana, teaching uh, mule deer hunting because at, at that point uh, mule deer tags were over the counter in montana okay. so teaching a little bit of spot and stock a little bit of glassing a little bit of like food preparation and then a lot of hey here's where your hunting license dollars go here's why this public land swath exists here's what you can do as a member of this military community to help ensure this opportunity continues to exist because because mm-hmm. that's the goal right is you show them something new or something they haven't seen in a long time they get so excited about it, so enamored, just so, you know, ate up with the process of whether it's hunting, fishing, trapping, whatever, that they can't help but get engaged. And uh, then you teach them just a little bit enough that they can go to that Department of Natural Resources meeting or that Fish and Game Office meeting and say, hey, as a veteran or as a member of this community, I enjoy, you know, the St. Croix River watershed because of X, Y, Z and why it's important to them. And just that that statement, that vote of confidence is a little more... Politically, there's there's not a lot of people that would uh, 
that when you come like, hey, this is a veterans issue, like that would oppose it on either side of the aisle, right? Yeah. So it's yep. a to win for BHA, it's a win for the individual veterans. And uh yeah, from those eighteen people, I think we're up to uh we've taken we just crossed the six thousandth participant mark. Oh, oh that's awesome. Later, so that's really cool. So before we get even deeper into that stuff, let's learn a little bit more about you. So you, you talked about like you were a hunter fisher, joined the you know uh, service and then stopped and got back into it. So like, did you grow up in Wisconsin? You grew up hunting and fishing here. Like, what is your story from from the womb to now? <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. So I did not grow up in Wisconsin. I grew up in uh, in the Ozarks of Missouri. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I didn't move up here until twenty uh, twenty twenty. Uh, right before COVID hit, uh, my wife, uh, I've been married for a long time. My Did wife, you work for Jason Bateman down there in the Ozarks? <laughs> no, no. The, uh, I know that show came out. Now, now everybody, like guys I served with are just like, oh, that's where you're from? I'm like, yeah, that's sure. That's how they know you sure, now. Sure, exactly. But, uh, but no, so I grew up... Um, I had my dad who was a really like avid duck hunter. Like he deer hunted, did all kinds of other stuff, but really duck hunting and goose hunting was his thing, right? We had Labradors in the house. Um, and then my mom's brother was a, a big kind of houndsman. Like he liked okay. running coon hounds. He had some coyote hounds. So mm. I got to go do that. And then my dad's brother was a big uh, like upland guy. So we got to work into like the Southern, Southern Missouri quail. Uh, we crossed the river into Tennessee, Kentucky, Illinois, and hunt quail over there. Cool. And so I kind of got a really good kind of spread of, of all these different types of, uh, of hunting, which was great. Um, really enjoyed it. But, uh, let's see. Yeah. I mean, I was skipping school in high school to go, go goose hunting yeah. and stuff. Like just, you yeah. know, priorities, normal, yeah. normal kids, kid stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, then graduated high school, joined the military, didn't really hunt or fish again until 2017 or 18 would have been my first fall. Okay. So I had, you know, an eight year break there Yeah. or just didn't, didn't really get into it. Took me, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then 2018, I had that, or it must have been fall of 17, because I got out in 16. So fall of 17 would have been my first, like, hunting season, and then by, and then that winter, I got my my first, like, bird dog that's really mine. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. like, you know, you have family labs, you, you work around bird dogs, but it, this one was really mine. Got my first bird dog, and then I got another one, then I got another one. And, <laughs> and anyway, and so now... Uh, what and now, kind of now dogs I do this are for they? a living. So I run Irish Setters. Okay. Okay. So I think uh, I truly think they're the best of both worlds. Um, they have webbed feet, like a uh, like a lab. Very water uh, water friendly birds. They're very are water friendly bird dogs. They're very uh, the cooperation level is very high. I think. And, and I don't know. I'm, I am also a stern defender of uh, all bird dog breeds are great. You just got to pick what color you want. Yeah. Like they're a little different, but it's whatever you're into. Uh, Irish setters just work for me. They're very good, like turn off for a family dog, so they can turn it off and be in the house and lounge around. They can turn it on. They're going to work for you in the boat. They're going to work for you in the field. They just really enjoy them. So nice. nice. Kyle's got GSPs, right? Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. yep. Two yeah. short hairs. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. So when you said it's your first hunting season, like deer season, like in 2017 or whatever, was your first like deer hunting or like duck hunting and everything? That was my first time hunting since being in the military. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'd hunted deer and then it was also my first, uh, we were looking at hunting on this farm in Illinois and uh, Illinois out-of-state tags are $550. And I, I don't know, I'm not like a great whitetail hunter, but I've killed some decent bucks, killed a lot of does. And... Uh, I was like, well, for $600, I can get an over-the-counter elk license in Wyoming. So I'm, I'm just going to go do that. I don't need to go, <laughs> yep. go chase another whitetail and see <laughs> yeah, what happens. Yeah, yeah. So started to get into Western hunting and did that for a couple of years. And now I've got a system worked out where I head west at least once a year. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, di- different states and on different species wherever I can I can draw a tag or whatever. But I've got a pretty good point build up now to where it's it's okay. I know I'm going to draw somewhere. Right. Very cool. So do you cut your teeth on public land then, or? Yeah. So um, my I would say probably about eighty percent public land. Uh, most I don't know wherever you draw the line between public land and public water. Because a lot of that's like you have the Missouri River, you have the Mississippi River where it's public water, and then there's like waterways that go off of there that aren't technically part of the public water, but they're not on above the high water marks. So they're not private land either. And yep. we did a little bit, a little bit of of toe in that the gray area. Yeah, yeah. So nice. nice, very cool. So now you're you just had an event um, this weekend, right? For yeah, BHA AFI. Yeah. Yep. So we had a uh, it's called the north country icebreaker we kind of trade places uh, between hosting that in michigan minnesota and wisconsin uh, i think next year it's going to be in north dakota for the first time okay. which would be great um but essentially it, it's one of my favorite events that we do um because it's i not i mean i like ice fishing never did it in missouri moved up here in 2020 really enjoy it it's mm-hmm. well you have to find something to do in the winter up here it lasts forever you, get, you gotta <laughs> yep, get out yep. so great time but uh we have seminars on like outdoor camping. We're building campfires on the ice. People sleep out on the ice. Oh, nice. Tents. They have big, big uh, like fishing contest, and then you have like uh, different. Uh, what's the right word there? I guess seminars. Uh, we had Ryan Ebert at the last one, who does uh, the pike spearing decoys. Oh, okay. So if if nice. you haven't seen that guy, great supporter, great dude. But he carves them out of wood, and it's wow. he's talking about like cutting the hole, what you're looking for, what kind of water depth. Uh, you folks talking about like the white fish like this is how where are you gonna find gonna find white fish this is why like basically if it's an ice fishing or winter related outdoor activity we've got a, a person a guy or gal talking about how do you can get better at it so you do that during the day and people are taking a breaks so then we're grill, grilling hot dogs grilling burgers you had a big fresh fish fry like nice and there's raffle prizes and stuff for fundraisers but so yeah, if somebody awesome. wanted to like join or like go to that um event can they as just like any uh you know member of the public can you go to that you got to sign up first how does that work to like be part of what you got going on yeah so just like any of these conservation orgs we prefer that you're a member you don't have to be a member to attend but it'd be really nice if you were a member uh for the military community 25 dollars a year you get four uh four issues of the magazine i think we do like a fifth bonus issue uh, I don't know, you got to talk to Zach Williams, the editor of that. Sometimes he puts it out, sometimes he doesn't. I think it's just, uh, I'm sure he has a schedule. I just don't know the schedule. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so you get the magazine, but uh, all the events, whether you remember or not, are posted on the website. Um, I'm shooting for 12 weeks in advance, but cut me some slack. About eight weeks in advance is probably what the average comes out to. So, But if you're just perusing that website every now and then, like just make it part of your part of your, your click-through during your day. If you're sitting mm-hmm. behind a computer, if you're on Instagram or whatever, head over. Um, I think just for the AF, the Armed Forces Initiative portion, just for us, we're doing 186 events in 2024. Oh, wow! For we have space for 2,847 participants, I think. So you kind of cap each one, like what well, you, yeah, your volunteers so, can handle, and so because most of our events, the what we were calling dual skills camp, are the learn to hunt, learn to fish events. Like this icebreaker one aside, like that's kind of more of a fundraiser, and that's just like a let's have fun. But most of them. Uh, we're trying to say below 15 participants because it's all based on how many mentors we can get. So, like, all for right. turkey hunting our big game, we do try to stay to one-on-one mentors, sometimes two-to-one participant to mentors because mm-hmm. it's somebody's out there. So, during the day, you're learning what does turkey sign look like? How do you turkey call? Why is this type of plant important to turkey habitat? Why are we here kind of thing? And you're learning kind of that how-to turkey hunt in this example. Hmm. Um, and then in the evening, 
having dinner around the campfire. We're chatting. We're talking about what's the North American model of wildlife uh, conservation. Where do your hunting license dollar go? How is this state's turkey population specifically managed? Kind of those, uh, the more the why to hunt or the why hunting works for the United States and why it's different than the European model or the African model, right? Um, so that's how these events go. When we started, it was, I'd, we'd put a bunch of research into an, an effort into like a 10-person whitetail camp in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, as is at one of the events I set up, and we get three people to sign up. And I'm like, golly. Like, oh, yeah. And now like we just grown to the point where if we can take 10 people, we probably get 50 or 60 people that apply. Oh, wow. Nice. So now, we have, now we're in that awkward position of our, our uh, capa- or what's it called, our uh, desire or need, whatever it is, has kind of outgrown our capacity mm-hmm. to where I th- we, we probably we get about 6,000 applicants for the 2,800 spots that we're going to have this year. Oh wow! So that's that's where we're at. Looking so now this year, my job is the first year that uh, kind of everybody in the field is now fully trained. They've all hosted one event. They've all like seen one event hosted with me. There are all these volunteer leaders in each of these states and military installations, different parts of the country, um, are conducting them ninety percent on their own. I'm going to go to a couple and like kind of like help supervise, help run it. Mm-hmm. But that's what I've done for the past two years is go like personally train people. Like this is how you run an event. This is how I do it. This is how the insurance works, all the the boring stuff that makes it easy. Mm-hmm. So this year, now that I don't have to do that, I'm working on fundraising is my main goal is how okay. do I go find more money so I don't have to tell, you know, 3,000 people no. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Nice. So you, you have a trapping class right after this that you got to head to, right? I is do. That part so. of the same thing, or is that something else? So that's a that's something we're trying this year. We haven't really done it before, so it's an online three part class. I think we've got six of them this year. So this one is part two of the trapping clinic. So part one was, hey, how does trapping fit into the North American model? Why is trapping effective? And then just like trapping safety, kind of like very limited entry level. Tonight is uh, land trapping. So I've kind of broke it down to land trapping and water trapping. <clears throat> excuse me so tonight we're going to talk bobcats fox coyote um badger i think we have a wolverine and a wolf part coming up so it's a little bit of biology right. on the species cool. where to find them and then trapping clinics and then next monday same time will be a uh will be water trapping so we're gonna talk beaver we're talking muskrat mink i think i've got raccoons lumped into that same kind of thing just because i always catch my raccoons near water but the reason uh we started doing that is to try and expand it past so it's the same classes that we give at our events right like whether it's a waterfowl event or a trapping event or whatever we're in those same like kind of doing our top six classes so we have a trapping uh class we have a uh, fly fishing class a how to hunt big game class uh waterfowl class an upland class and a uh the other one is how to is like diy public land like kind of a basic let's go do this class right so those are our top classes i think that i felt like are just the most dialed in. Mm. So that's what we're presenting online. They're free for anybody. So instead of presenting to, you know, 10 people in an event, I can teach this class and I think we have 54 people showing up. Oh, so nice. It's not as good as, as in person and it's never going to be on zoom, but it's ideally Mike, my, my goal is that somebody who's a little curious about trapping pays no money, comes to this event is like, man, that was a good time. I'm going to invest $25 to become a member of BHA. I get $25, they get a little information, and next year, or even this year, I guess, yeah, this year, technically, they sign up for a trapper's education course in their state. Nice. So, nice. so does every state have a chapter of BHA? Uh, 40, so, every, 49 states have a chapter of BHA. We are missing uh, Hawaii, and then we have four Canadian territories, provinces. 
mm. whatever, that also have a chapter. Okay. Um, and then for AFI, we have 46 uh, chapters. Well, we have 46 detachments because, uh, like, legally they are distinct from chapters according to our 501c3, so i got I got to stop saying that. But uh, <laughs> We I'm, won't I'm, tell I'm, anybody. Yeah, I'm new to this. I don't, I don't have a background <laughs> in nonprofit stuff. I'll, I'll figure it out. But uh, anyway, yeah, so we have 46 uh, kind of regional detachments for AFI um, to where almost anywhere in the country outside of Hawaii – Utah, Nevada, you're 90 minutes from from an AFI event or from an AFI person that okay. uh, can help you walk into this. Because the goal then is part, yeah, let's host these events, teach people how to fly fish, how to hunt, how to, how to get outdoors, right? Mm-hmm. And then other part is, hey, I'm private hubs and I just got transferred from Fort Bragg, North Carolina to Fort, uh, I forget what the new names are, Fort Fort Jackson, South Carolina, or something like Fort, uh, Fort Lindenwood, Missouri right? Or Leonard Wood, Missouri. And I've never been to Missouri before in this example. What can I do here? So now we have somebody that, yeah, I'm, I'm from Missouri. I'm a veteran. I'm a, even if I'm a Navy veteran. I'm not part of the army, but I can talk you out of hunt turkeys in the Ozarks. I can talk to you about whitetails and smallmouth and all the other stuff. Yeah. That that's a great there. resource. That's awesome. So just somebody, something that you can, somebody you can call and it's not, you're not starting all over every three years when you move. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so oh, we also have, uh, a club in Germany, a club in uh, Korea, and a club in Japan. Oh, wow. wow. Well, those are our biggest, like, overseas kind of yeah. areas. Yeah. So then with that, like, you can call and get information. Is there also, like, a network where, hey, I can go and, like, maybe show you the ropes, like, yeah. meet me out, we'll take you out to this public piece or whatever? Absolutely. I mean, that's the goal. I'd say out of uh, the 46 regions, I probably have 37 that are real good. Okay. Like, green light, they're going to do everything they can. They're perfect, and I've got the other... I don't do math in public, whatever that is. Less than <laughs> less than ten folks are still still learning, or maybe they're really good at fishing, but they're new to hunting, or they're really good at hunting, but they're new to fishing. So they may not be able to tell you exactly where you need to go or what you need to do, but they'll get you part of the way there, or they'll know somebody who can help you with the rest of it. Okay, nice, that's awesome. Are these mentors like? Are they very similar in terms of like they're either retired from this or they're still like working like private sector like are they just all over the map of like your different mentors and everything yeah all over the map some folks are um still active duty military our guy in new hampshire is uh, he's about ready to finish up his 20 years in the military but he's been in new hampshire for the last three um he's like this is where i'm gonna retire like let me take this job i'm pretty good at this oh and then you have folks like uh in Kirtland Air Force Base in New Mexico, who our guy who was running, who started that whole detachment for us there, uh, is now getting transferred over to Florida. He's still active duty. Then you have veterans like our Navy veterans in Montana and Washington and Idaho that are just running their own stuff. They're always going to live there. They're not getting transferred anywhere. So, yeah, I mean, it's all across the spectrum. Cool. Nice. So what <clears throat> what stories do you have, whether it's hunting, fishing, um, that's personal or part of BHA AFI? that like come to mind like i sent you the outline you know like and set on there like some hunting stories or fishing stories or anything that comes to mind that's pretty neat that you'd like to share um yeah i was actually i was thinking about that on the drive over and i'm like man i don't i don't know it's not that you don't have good stories that's like they're good to you i don't know if they're good for other people sure um i'd say one of one of the cooler ones that we had was 2022 right it was yeah 2022 uh we did a uh kind of an intro to western hunting class in eastern montana uh, which is uh, is an antelope focus camp because those are easy to draw, easier to draw than. Uh, I mean, they're not quite over the counter, but they're. I think it was like fifty fifty, okay. for for a Montana yep. resident if you're going to draw it. Yep. So teach people how to antelope hunt, and uh, we had a, not want to say immediate success, but like day one, 
everybody, like we sent people out in like one, one-on-one mentor to mentee ratio, like all the mentees except one shot an antelope on day oh, one. Nice. I'm like, okay, oh. well, so now the mentors get to go out and like, you'll see something a little bit different. They kind of like, that's quite switch roles, but now they've got the participants have gotten to participate in the, and now they're going to watch an expert at work kind of a little bit, which is still valuable, mm-hmm. right? So the mentors got to go, if got to go uh, try and fill their tags the next day. And then the third day, which was the final day, like we still had one mentee participant who didn't have a tag. And uh, I, I was sitting at camp, uh, just got done dropping some other people off, and I'm watching this watering hole. It's about half a half a mile away from camp, but it's, it's relatively flat, rolling hills, kind of high, uh, short grass prairie ecosystem. And I watch, you know, about 20 antelope come down, and I'm like, man, if I had service, I would call that guy and be like, hey, you need to get back to camp. Like we can, yep. we I will help you. Like let's go. And then as if like on cue, the dude uh, pulls up. Him and his mentor were in another spot, and uh, just the way that it played out, like uh, the mentor had like split up, and he was trying to, like, kind of walk across this ridge, thinking the antelope would see him, and then head back towards. Instead, antelope did antelope things and started walking towards the guy and he's like he got within like 100 yards and he's like all right well i'm, I'm gonna shoot it yeah <laughs> so yep. then we had like oh that's not a good look one but uh i don't blame him he's hunting things happen right yeah. but yep. uh so anyway so i grabbed the participant uh, his name was his name was eric and we start chasing these antelope and they get uh we get down to the watering hole and they've moved off since then and we're like looking and they're getting they're going under this fence to go into private all right well we can't chase them but there's probably more coming along the same direction, right? So we start walking, probably walked another half mile, and we see one buck just kind of trotting around on the prairie out there, like at least two miles away, which is cool. It, it's always cool being able to see that far. Mm, I, yeah. I like mm. it. But uh, we see another truck coming by. Guy gets out of the truck, because there's a lot of road hunters in, in that part of Montana, because uh, it's legal. Guy dumps out of his truck runs out to like a fence post you see him put his rifle on, on the fence post to balance i'm like oh well this antelope's got to get get shot um dude shoots nothing antelope books but it's like booking towards us now so i'm like okay it's like a mile away at this point that guy get you see him like do the whole gives up gets back <laughs> in his truck goes to find another one i'm like okay cool well eric let's uh let's figure this out so we start kind of trying to use the landscape and keep hidden and uh it just starts like the cover just starts petering out and getting lower and lower and lower. And then like you're down to just sagebrush, which is about knee high. So we're just crawling. And, uh, oh, I forgot this part. So Eric was, uh, kind of recommended and put forward by the camp by another one of our participants who we, I knew fairly well at that point who had come to a camp and then was like, Hey, how do I help? How do I volunteer? So then he'd been back to other camps, like a cook. And then eventually as a mentor himself. Hmm. So he recommended Eric. He's like, Hey, this guy could really use it. And at that point we we're like, yeah, good enough for me mm-hmm. so but at, that guy was a pilot so eric i'm thinking eric is a pilot um like a helicopter pilot from the army totally cool but maybe doesn't have like the ground or the the rifle experience or anything like that so yep. so anyway, we're crawling i'm immediately impressed you're not complaining at all like i see him kind of wince a little bit when he crawls through a cactus and i'm like i'm like man this guy's pretty tough i'm like he's he's on it i'm excited he's he's acting like it's the last day of a hunt which mm-hmm. is good and uh, it means he's into it he's involved um, but anyway, the sage just stops and we just like on the edge of this mud flat and I'm ranging this, uh, I'm ranging this, uh, uh, this antelope buck. And it's like, I don't know if it's the heat coming off cause it's like unseasonably hot. So I don't know if it's the heat mm-hmm. coming off, but something is just throwing this off to where I've got like, I've got to like raise up above the sage and try and get a clear line of sight. 
and uh, what did it come? It came back at like four hundred, and I'm like, shit. We shot out to three hundred on the first day, like trying to make sure everybody was zeroed, everybody's comfortable because yep. these come with pre instructions, right? Where I'm like, you need to be this amount of physically fit, you need to be able to shoot here. Like this is pre work that we're gonna make sure you're okay with the camp. So I'm like, Eric, he's at four. We only practice at three. Are you okay? He's like, I can shoot four. I'm like, okay. Hell yeah. If Eric's good with it, like, and, I, and he's got this super fancy rifle. That's, uh, well, that's, that's the other thing that's, side note, is a lot of our participants are, uh, like, our av- on average, our participants leave an event or for an event, they spend $600 of their own money on outdoor oh, wow. gear, which which is a lot when you say, like, we're doing 2,800 participants because that's mm-hmm. 2,800 times 600 is whatever, like 140000 or something crazy. It's a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I cursed. No, you're fine. Uh, no, I think I've done it three or four times now. But uh, but anyway, so we're at the edge of the cover. We cannot go any further. We're crawling. I'm just eyes pressed into my binos. Like sweat is running down. Like you're just grimy because you've been crawling through the dust for half a mile. And Eric shoots right in, in line, but just low. Kicks up dust. Buck doesn't move. It's bedded down. Um, I'm going through the motions like, hey, let's calm down. These happen. Take our time. Re-rack, safety off, let's call this 450. Because I'm like, he's close. Mm-hmm. He shoots 450, zips over its back. And I'm like, it's like he's right in line with the, the money, right right where he should be. He's just high or low. And I'm like, okay, 425, let's try it again. But after the second, the buck stands up now and is like walking off. So I'm trying to get him to, trying to, get him to slow down yep. or uh, do anything. And he's out five, 600. He's just. He's just out. He's gone. And I'm like, so I'm getting ready to do the, uh, you know, the, hey, man, it's hunting. That happens. Don't beat yourself up. Like, I'm sure I raised it, uh, like, lazed it wrong, gave you the wrong range. I should have known that. Like, didn't, consoling him. But uh, so I come up to a knee, and I have this big, like, white cowboy hat on, because you can tell by my complexion, the sun is not my friend. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'm... Missouri, you could kind of get away with a cowboy hat, but it's definitely not cowboy country, you know? Sure. So yeah. I, but I literally just wear it for whenever I'm on the prairie, either bird hunting or, or antelope hunting, because I can't do... I can do a lot of uncomfortableness. I can't do sunburn. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. But anyway, so I take this cowboy hat off. I'm, like, wiping sweat, and I'm just kind of holding it here, but so it's a big white circle. Oh. I'm not even thinking about it. This antelope starts turning around at 600 yards. And it's like, I'm like, what the hell is going on? I'm like, Flag Eric, in. Stay, stay down, Eric. But I'm like on a knee, just like hiding behind my my cowboy hat with my rangefinder just kind of propped up next to it. Like, the oh, thing wow. just circles around and comes back in from 600 yards. It gets to 400. And I'm like, I'm reading, I'm reading a range of 400 yards, Eric. But he's still coming. Let's hang on. 300. 200. 125. And I'm like, Eric, is at 125? He's going to figure it out any second that this is not, I am not an antelope. You got to take the shot. Eric's like, well, I want him broadside because he's walking straight towards us. Comes into 87 yards and then kind of (laughs) figures it out where he just takes a half step to where now he's quartering two. And I'm like, Eric, that's all you're going to get. Boom. I didn't even finish the sentence. (laughs) Oh, nice. Sent it, dropped him. He took like 10 steps and uh, clapped over. It was a super cool experience. Um, Eric, uh, like we butchered the animal, put it all, uh, put it on our backs, walked a couple miles back to camp. Like he's all smiles. He's thrilled. Um, just a cool experience. One for everybody involved. Like yeah, I, yeah. I've never decoy. I know you can decoy in Yeah. like, you know, everybody's seen whatever Steven Ronella do it or like it, it, it's possible, but I'd, I'd never yeah. seen it done, never done it. And then you just kind of do it by accident. 
But um, it was pretty cool. And then the coolest part, though, is uh, talking with Eric. I'm like, hey, is this something you think you can get involved in? Like, you interested? And he's like, yes, this is amazing. Um, he's like, hey, can I still go get an elk tag? I'm like, no, well, elk season was mostly, you know, in September last month. Uh, he's like, well, I'm going to go after elk. Let's let's look at that next year. So him and, and his mentor, that wasn't me, the other mentors, like, they're kind of talk through it. They talk about what elk is. And so he goes out on his own. And on uh, Halloween, I get a picture from him of a bull elk down. Oh, That's wow. awesome. Like, packed it out himself. Like, Oh, wow. Yeah, and he's, I don't know, he, he's, he is retired from the military. He's old. Um, not too, I would, I've never packed an elk out by myself. Yeah. But uh, just making multiple trips, that was... Uh, yeah, dude. So one cool event with the pronghorn. Two, it looks like it's working. He's buying another hunting license. Like if we, if we measure that as the bare minimum entry into being a conservationist, is just paying in year yep. over year. Like he's doing that. That's success. And he's finding success using what we taught him. Oh, um, I forgot. Uh, this is a little embarrassing. I'm like hugging him. I'm a hugger. I get excited when <laughs> yeah, like animals so. in, that, in that story. I'm like yeah. fucking a right, Eric. I'm <laughs> hugging him. I'm shaking his shoulder, and he's, I could tell he's a little uncomfortable. I'm like, all right, I gotta stop. But I just, I'm probably about 80 times in the pack out and the butchering process. I'm like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I'm just so like, it's all I could say. I'm just yeah. like, and it's like the guy who's very much my like, my senior, like more life experience. I'm just, I, was, I wasn't trying to be demeaning. I'm just like, God, like yeah. just. Staying behind the gun after those misses and readjusting and keeping your cool. Like, it's a very, for any hunter, that's a impressive, but for a new hunter, especially. Yeah. I was going to uh, ask. So, had he hunted much at all before so that? So, he had hunted growing up. Um, I want to say he was from Washington State. So, I guess blacktails would have been his okay. Main, okay. main thing. Maybe mule deer, depending on the size of the state, maybe. But, uh, but anyway. So, uh, he finally, we're about, a, we're about a quarter mile from camp, and he's like, you got to stop. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like and he's cause it's just like the fatigue is setting in. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Eric. I know I could tell it's bothering you, but I just, I, I can't help it. Like, it was just amazing. I tell him the whole thing. He's like, well, Trevor, you know, I spent eight years as a army ranger in the snipe, in the scout snipers. And I'm like, no, but that makes a lot more sense. I'm thinking some like helicopter pilot. Yeah. Is, yeah like, was super pulling happy. off an amazing shot. And yeah. he's like, no, that was the most calm. That was the easiest shot I've taken in a long time. Oh, that's like, funny. Like, that's oh, awesome. Good for you, Eric. Like, <laughs> that is awesome. So, yeah. That is a good story. So he is, you know, he said he's bought in. He's interested. He's helping yeah. now. Like, do you see somebody like that, if that's happened years previously, like, is it like just a few more years and they're like interested in being a mentor now? Like, do they get to that point where they like yeah. flip a switch and now they're into it? So right now we have about, about 37% of our participants come back to a camp in a, uh, like a, not a participatory measure. Cause we, I, mm. I, there's no hard and fast rules. Some people need more than more push than others, but, uh, we haven't had anybody come as a participant to more than three events. Normally you come to one event, you get excited and you want to come back and like, Hey, well you can be the cook. Right, because mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm not a great cook. I do hot dogs, hamburgers, and here's a deli meat sandwich. That's what you get. Um, so if somebody wants to come back and cook, that's great. They want to come back and they'll talk about their experience, or they get a little bit more where it's like, hey, I've been doing this for a, like we had one guy who left an event, and within a year he was a fly fishing guide on the Yellowstone. Oh wow, like, retired army guy. Like that's his. That's what he wants to do, and got really into it. And works for him. So obviously, yeah, I'm gonna bring him back as a mentor for these fly fishing camps. Like, yep works out you do this every day it doesn't take too long to get to get good at it um but yeah so 37 percent of people come back in some in a uh, instructional capacity or a wow. assistant capacity that's awesome that's really cool that's, yeah, yeah that's really good and then some go to places like uh 
like Wisconsin Smallmouth Alliance or Ducks Unlimited, which is also fine. Like mm-hmm. getting the military community invested in conservation is the goal, right? Like ideally, I would love them all to come back to BHA and give me thousands of dollars as, and to keep running this program, right? But yep. no, I don't care. If you go to Ducks Unlimited and you're happy and you're just ate up with waterfowl hunting, that's awesome, man. Good yeah. for you. Go well, to and on elk or whatever. They're probably right. going to be, you know, talking about how that your event, your, you know, whatever seminar yeah. or anything, yeah. like help them along yep. the way. Gave them the drive, yeah. Sure, sure. Because, I mean, it seems like if you can tell somebody something like that, like, you're, you know, Eric, his story, and mm-hmm. explain it to somebody else who you think could benefit from it, like, you, no. you're not going to, like, not tell them that story and show them the BHA AFI, so that's really cool. Right. Yeah. So. So, your guys' events, are you kind of 50-50 hunting, fishing, or? Uh, it depends on the mentors and what they want to do. Um, the way I've explained it to our volunteers is, if you are doing something that will make a conservationist out of mil- members of the military community, then you're, you're in mission. So whatever you want to do. If you're really into trapping, let's do a trapping event. Okay. Really into fly fishing, let's do that. If you like to troll for salmon on Lake Michigan, let's do that. Like whatever you're into and whatever you feel comfortable kind of hosting, that's what we'll do. So it turns out right now, I, I don't know, in 2022, it was about 70% fishing events. Uh, that was mostly an insurance thing, though, because I was really pushing fishing because it was so much cheaper. Because that's our biggest bill. I mean, we pay sixty grand a year on insurance. Oh wow! But uh, so Kyle, then, maybe you know somebody that can help them out. <laughs> yeah, well, so then, I have to think about that. Uh, I think twenty twenty three last year we were closer to fifty fifty, and I think we're going to be like sixty forty hunting to fishing this year. Okay, um, not an intentional move. Just uh, go where just how you do what you can. Plays do. Out. Yeah. Yep. Nice. So, do you have like? Do you work with? Um, I know it's a lot of like public land stuff, but do you ever do like landowners or private land? Like people like, do you know, um, Doug Duran from Wisconsin here that's got like sharing the land? Like that's like a group yeah. you've heard of that. Yeah. Or- so I've talked to Doug Duran a few times. He has not been interested in having us come out to his farm. Um, not trying to call him out. It's his land. He can do whatever he wants with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, uh, not that I'm against private land. I think that would be great. Uh, the issue that we run into it with is you're teaching someone to hunt in a way that's repeatable. Mm. Right. So then like if you're going to do a private land event, which we do do private land events, a big piece of it needs to be how to identify where am I going to hunt next? Because you can't just we can't do, you know, you do four deer hunting deer hunts on one person's land. Now that person's getting 40 calls a year. Yeah. Can I come hunt? Right. Like you got to we got to teach them how to go find areas of their own. So like the one the event we've done in in Sheboygan, Wisconsin in the past, um, which is sponsored by. uh, Oh, no. Pampered Chef. There you go. Almost forgot it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so Pampered Chef has, has given that one to us um, for a while because they own this big swath of land. It's actually an interesting story. So the woman who invented Pampered Chef, the brand Pampered Chef, yep. um, like, then sold it. Millionaire now. Like You sell a brand like that, you're doing very well. Planted all these crazy flowers. Big gardener. like Not a hunter. Not an angler. Loves to garden. So she has this like sprawling landscape of garden. But now all these whitetails in Sheboygan oh. are just eaten out of it. <laughs> so it's like a mix of public-private where like we have stands. She has stands set up on her property. She hired a uh, BHA member of Wisconsin to be her habitat management specialist where he's managing. like So he gets to do all this like quality of your management stuff, measuring. He brings hunters in from all over. Like They have a goal of taking X amount of deer off this property. And then you have private land or public land around where he's also like kind of setting up barriers. So, like, okay. ideally yep. deer have to pass in front of a hunter to get to these super expensive, like, flowers. Yeah. So, it's one of those, like, this woman uh, has been 
more than supportive, like super friendly. She was a bit hesitant at first, and uh, she's just like, no, this this is working, like super respectful. Like, so I'm not I'm not against private land events. It's a uh, a big piece of it has to be all right. When you go hunting next time, how are you going to access? Yeah, land, yep. that right? Makes whether sense. that's requesting permission or a class on just on X, how to identify stuff. Oh, and anybody who comes to our events gets a free on X. On X is a big partner. Oh, oh wow, so that's, that's great. awesome. Good yeah. on them to do that. Yeah, yeah they're they're wonderful. Are any other? I was going to ask about like sponsors, like any other sponsors you want to talk about or mention or shout out. Uh, we get we get so many great sponsors. Um, but I've, coming from you know doing two or three events a year, it seems like we're we're huge now, but we're still very small. Uh, our first sponsor ever was FHF Gear, and they're still a sponsor. They're Huge Paul over there, and then uh, Rick Hutton, and um, Jake. Uh, I'm gonna forget Jake's last name, but there's only there's only three people that work there. Oh, really? So uh, they're making all that FHF gear stuff, and they're 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 big. Uh, Rick and Jake are both veterans, and then Paul's a police officer, and yeah, wonderful support. Like as much stuff as we could ever want, they they give it to us. We actually are the only place you can buy their stuff other than through them and First Light. Like oh, wow. they have a special sweetheart deal, so it's yeah. on our website if you'd like to buy it. Really nice. cool. And the web, speaking of the website, it's B-H-A-F-I or is it A-F-I? What do you have to do to uh, get to it? Yeah, so if you want it to be super lazy with it, you just type B-H-A into Google, and then the first one is going to be Boston Housing Authority. Don't click that link. <laughs> then the second one is going to be like beta hydraulic acid. Don't click that one. But the third one is Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. You can click that. Uh, you can click around. You look at all the different programs we have, like Hunting for Sustainability, Women in the Woods, all these ways of kind of connecting folks with public land, public waters, public wildlife. Uh, and then under programs, you'll see the Armed Forces Initiative as one of those available programs. Click the link. That takes you to my page. Uh, there's spelling errors, but don't just ignore those. Um, <laughs> read fast. Have a couple beers before you go. Whatever. And uh, Donate generously. Yeah, donate generously. <laughs> but uh, then there's like a little bit about us. What's our mission? Uh, we've got like a blog, which is you can read stories of the events we've just done. Uh, we've got a leader list where you can see, hey, where's my closest person to me? How do I get involved? Uh, events tab. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, we also we manage an archery range on Kirtland Air Force Base, so that's got its own tab there. So oh, nice. Station on Kirtland, um, really so cool. The, the, yeah. It's the only archery range on Kirtland on Kirtland Air Force Base. So hmm. awesome, gotta go there. So, what do you have for events coming up this year? Yeah, so the couple that I well, one that kind of just not a curveball. So we were planning on every year we do a priority landscape event. So I've been kind of treating those as like marketing events because that's something we haven't been good at traditionally. So last year, I really heavily invested in having some videographers, some camera folks come out and just do some like five to ten minute videos. What is the Armed Forces Initiative? What do we do? Why should you care? Just so those should all be ready by May of this year. I mean, I'm not I'm not a film industry person. I'm sure we could get them much faster, but we're also not paying top dollar mm-hmm. or sometimes yeah. at all. Um, <laughs> so but anyway, so. Those priority landscape events is what, what I'm kind of calling those. So it's same as a regular event. I just highlight a strategic, like, national-level landscape. So two years ago, it was the Boundary Waters because we had that uh, copper sulfide mine oh, that was proposed up there. So this is yep. one where let's really highlight the importance of this landscape. Let's talk about well, the smallmouth population, the walleye population, all this cool stuff. And while this is just such an accessible wilderness area for the eastern half of the country, it's amazing. Last year... Um, BLM is going to what's twenty yeah twenty twenty three last year, uh, the Bureau of Land Management is coming up with a new um, oh man, like a, it's not a field guide but it's their resource management plan I hope that's right, uh, which is how they're going to use this BLM land in Alaska and it's like thirteen million acres and the t- 
the tested plan or like the uh, draft plan that was released was like they want to open 98 percent of it to oil and gas or en- and energy drilling mm. which is not not against oil and gas like i, I drive an f-150 i need mm. gas but uh is 98 percent is a little much yeah. when the prior plan was like 30 percent like even like, you could sell me on 50 percent 60 percent i probably wouldn't uh wouldn't say anything but 98 percent's a little rough Right, I mean, you've got doll sheep up there in that thirteen acres. You got moose, you've got caribou, you've got um, sea run Dolly Varden, Arctic grayling, all these just crazy cool species that, uh, like, people don't remember this. Well, some people do, but it took caribou once when we made the the road from uh, from Fairbanks up to Dead Horse, Alaska, for that pipeline. It took caribou ten years to cross it. Oh wow! Yeah, for ten years they did not cross it because oh they're wow, dead. and and that's them as a species just used to wide open tundra they're not yep. they, they do not react well to change yeah yeah so like if we're going to change like what happens when you put 98 a bunch of oil rigs on 98 percent of this land or even solar fields or anything like that like i don't know how it's going to mess with them but it's going to mess with them yeah right like and uh but anyway so i took 10 veterans well 10 participants up there i kind of say veterans as a catch-all but in this case six of them were from alaska and that's one of the biggest crimes I see in the Army is you get stationed in Alaska for three or four years and you don't get the $15 caribou tag. Oh. It's, it's like a $25 moose tag. I'm like, good Lord, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so just teaching them, like, hey, the, here's all the logistics. Like, and it is more logistically of a challenge to go hunting in Alaska. But once you do it once, you're like, ah, that was not that big a deal. So like, even for me, lower 48 guy, um, going to Alaska, 1750 bucks Over-the-counter tag, public land. That's not much more than you're going to spend going to Idaho or Montana for an elk. Yep. And it's a super cool experience. So um, that was that was the event we did last year. So for this year, uh, the one that's on my mind right now because I'm just starting the planning process, we are highlighting the shortgrass prairie ecosystem. Uh, we just got a new CEO at Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and uh, he's really engaging in policy. He's jumping in, and I love it. Um, seems like a great dude. Uh-huh. I don't. I've only known him for a month, but he seems like a great dude so far. Uh, so he wants to highlight short grass prairie ecosystem. We're going to talk farm bill. We're going to talk the state of the birds report from last year, which has uh, upland game birds being 30, they're 30% less upland game birds today than they were 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Two major causes are habitat loss. And the second, almost as much is uh, the increase in meso predators on the landscape. So that's mm-hmm. nestrating predators, raccoons, skunks, possums, armadillos, shit like that. Yep. Um, so just we're going to talk about BHA engaging in fence removal and replacing with wildlife friendly fence. We're going to talk about, sage grouse sharp-tailed grouse prairie chickens um tentatively right now it'll be two events that highlight this we'll do one in south dakota focused on prairie chickens one in eastern montana focused on uh, sage grouse and then you'll run into sharp-tailed grouse both of those places and those are like three native bird species that have been here since the pioneers that are really they're honestly they're all hurting to the point like um nebraska and south dakota are the only places you can hunt prairie chickens anymore oh wow like it's a it, it's wild and sharp-tailed grouse are like I said, 30% down over the past 10 yeah. years for yeah. all of them species. Sage grouse you hear about all the time, but yep. just going to bring some awareness to this pretty unique ecosystem. And uh, it's interesting. It's uh, my favorite area. I love the prairie. Um, I mean, the mountains are great, but uh, what's, there's a quote from Theodore Roosevelt to, and he's writing a letter to John Muir. And John Muir is talking about like how these mountains in Yosemite are the greatest thing ever. And just like, oh, yada, 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 mountains, mountains, mountains. I get it, man. People still love the mountains. But Theodore Roosevelt's response is he's like, anybody can love the mountains. Their beauty is self-evident. It takes a true conservationist to love the prairie because it, 
and you look at it, you're driving past at 90 miles an hour in Montana. It's, it's monotone. It's brown. There's nothing out yeah. there. But if you stop for an hour and walk around, like there's snakes, there's prairie dogs, there's jackrabbits, there's like, an antelope, there's big mule deer out there. Like mm-hmm. it's yeah. a really cool spot. So yeah. I'm excited awesome. for that one. That's that's my biggest one I'm excited about. But I want to say we have 20 upland events, almost 26 uh, waterfowl events planned across the country. 15 or 16 turkey events, whitetail events forever. Got those all over the place. But, yeah, we got events all over. Nice. So we got an offshore or an inshore fishing event in South Carolina happening in, like, two, three weeks. Nice. Cool. You going to that? No. Okay. No, I'm trying to – 200 days in the field the past two years, like, each. Like, oh, I've been wow. – uh, I was just going to ask. You're yeah. married, right? I'm married with two kids, and I am <laughs> – Oh, my uh, God. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, she's a military spouse. She's wonderful. But, uh, I mean, you get home. Like, there's multiple times where I get home, I'm ditching up our, like, big game gear, throwing the dogs in the truck, grabbing my upland gear. I'm home for, like, 12 hours, and then I hit the road again, oh. and just got to quit doing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Two, two years, I mean, it was worth it. We got everybody trained up. Everything's going well. Uh, I mean, you know, we went from 200 participants to 2,000 participants a yeah. year in yeah, three that's years. Yeah, paid off. Like, so it's working, but hopefully now I can do a lot more of uh, in Wisconsin stuff where I'm either behind my computer on a Zoom call or... I, I mean, I am going to Pheasant Fest this year to try and try and uh, drum up some sponsors, some corporate stuff. Like, ideally, what I want is I want to be able to say to uh, like Chief Upland Gear or I don't, I don't care Irish Setter Boots, somebody mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm doing 24 Upland focused camps where I'm creating minimum 10 people per camp, 240 or whatever that is, new Upland hunters that are all going to go home and spend $600 on gear. Mm-hmm. there's going to be first time they're buying gear they're going to buy whatever they feel comfortable with whatever i tell them to buy mm-hmm. we have historical data that says this for ten thousand dollars would you be our title sponsor because i'm going to turn around and give you a hundred grand with our business yeah. mm-hmm. you just give me 10 grand worth of gear ideally i would want i would want you know a monetary donation because that helps with with the bills like not that i mean i'd be very happy with gear yep but yep. Monetary would be great too. So that's what i'm hoping to get out of this year is just do a lot of these shows get a lot of these meetings talking to groups that uh bigger companies that can afford to throw 10 or 15 grand at us and yep. know that they're going to get a bunch more yeah business from it do you do have you been to the show in the it's in the dells now the um open season sportsman's expo i think it's called it's in february or march each year it's like the third year it's been in the dells no it used to be the madison it. uh deer and turkey show wasn't deer and it turkey they expo, moved that yeah. up there no, I so, know I'm going to the Wisconsin Waterfowl Expo in okay. August. Okay. So, yeah, this one's coming up. I think it's either end of February or somewhere in March. Yeah. So just look for that open yeah, season. Yeah, no, I'll, I'm going to Google it. Ton to, of people tonight. there. Ton of companies there. Yeah. And it's, you know, not too far for you to go to. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the ticket right there. Um, Man, otherwise, I'm trying to think. So, yeah, you got the website that's got all your events. You know, it's not restricted to military. It's for anyone and everyone that wants yeah. to donate or participate. You've got to apply and... Um. Yeah. Do you? What else? You got? You got anything else? Question wise? Um, I guess you're just gonna. Are you gonna be at Rendezvous this year? Absolutely. That's in Minnesota. Uh, yes. It is in Minnesota. It's gonna be a great time. I was been on the phone about it almost all day today. Um, it's gonna be interesting. It's uh the first time we haven't had it in Ma- in Missoula in a while, and I'm really excited about that. Missoula's great, but uh, like we're gonna get a lot more people in uh in Minneapolis and we will in Missoula just because it's so expensive to get there. Right, I mean, right. it's a $1,200 plane ticket versus a $400 plane ticket. Tell, what the hell is this? Tell me what it is. I don't know what this is. Uh, that's a good call. I should. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Rendezvous <laughs> is kind of our uh, 
So modeled after the original kind of mountain man fur trapping rendezvous that used to happen in Wyoming every year where all the fur trappers would come down from the mountains in the spring. They'd sell their furs and they'd get rich and they'd spend it on booze and rifles <laughs> and, and female company and all kinds of stuff. Sure. Just a big party. So that's kind of how it started. Um, and we, we over the past 20 years, again, it's our 20th anniversary, we've kind of morphed it from a... Hey, we started like, let me thank all our volunteers. This is how much land we've protected. This is how much habitat work we've done. All this great stuff and more just like a thank you so much for your work. So now we do it where Thursday night is all the volunteers, leaders kind of show up. We give out awards and it's thank you so much for all all you've done. This is amazing. Then Friday and Saturday, we bring in sponsors, donors, all these groups, and it turns into a, we'll have like a blood tracking clinic, we'll have an ice spearing clinic, we'll have a turkey calling contest, a public land access panel where you just get up there and watch six experts like Randy Newberg, Steve Rinella, Ryan Callahan, like all these like people who are experts in their field talk about how you can be a better backcountry hunter and angler, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody heads out Saturday night, and we've made a lot of money, we've ideally made some better backcountry hunters and anglers and uh sunday all the staff stays and cleans up that's uh that's what most people don't get about rendezvous is it's a lot of fun but the staff gets there on monday and we stay oh, until wow. monday and it's we work from about 6 a.m until about 1 a.m every day Oof. so like you get to you get to saturday night and uh you're like wow the entire staff is hammered it's like no, we're not. We're sleep deprived. <laughs> Just dog tired. It's just six yeah. days of caffeine pills and yeah. uh, and Red Bull. What you're seeing here, like, yeah. it's wild. I've I've not made one yet, but with it being so close, I might have to make it this year. I so. would definitely uh, make the time to come up. Um, just the people you're gonna meet. Like, that's the best part about BHA. Like, well, first of all, the best part about BHA is that they have an Armed Forces Initiative. Second best part about BHA is uh, everybody you meet is somebody that you there is a value to having two or three drinks in the 20 minute conversation with right like that's you're gonna learn something somewhere and everybody is just so friendly so welcoming into this like come come with an idea for something you never thought you'd be able to do what you want to do like wyoming mountain lion arizona quail something crazy right you're gonna meet somebody at rendezvous like you're like anybody you talk to at rendezvous at any point you're six connections away from somebody who's going to tell you how to do that yep. like i never thought i'd go down to arizona and quail hunt that was before i worked for bha but first bha event like, oh, yeah, you like Upland? What do you like to do? Well, I grew up doing a lot of quail hunting. Now I'm doing some rough grouse because I live up here. I'd love to get to the southwest, though. Like, that seems really cool. And two or three people later, like, that person is introducing you. Like, yeah, this is Bill. Bill runs four-pointers out of Tucson, and he would love to take you out. And Bill, like, never met you before in his life. He's like, oh, you like quail? Let's go get some quail. I'll set the dates and drop your pins. It's just it's amazing, and it's it's for anything. It's for elk. It's for Alaska caribou. It's mountain lions, like... Whatever you want to do, striped bass in New England, like there's somebody at BHA who is an expert at it, and they're so passionate about their expertise that they can't wait to share it with you. That's, That's awesome. the coolest part about BHA. That's, That's awesome. Nice. We're, uh, I think, approaching your hard stop line, so if, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> if we want to wrap it up here. Thank you. I really appreciate yeah, you coming appreciate on. You're you. extremely yeah. knowledgeable on everything you're talking about, so it's yeah. nice and refreshing probably for yeah. our audience instead of listening to me talk. So, <laughs> Doing my best. So, Yeah, you're doing a great job, and we'll uh, definitely share stuff on our social media, point people in your direction. Hopefully we can run into you at uh, Rendezvous or something. That'd be yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, um, I'm always up for it. I'm uh, This year at Rendezvous, I'm kind of a floater, where if I'm not setting up tables and chairs or serving drinks, I'm available. Cool. I'm here to make connections and make people glad they're a bha member that's my job so awesome well yeah i mean that's that'll cover it i mean i think <laughs> i can see in the future us maybe having a uh, another 
interview with you. You can bring somebody else with too, and maybe talk about a hunt or something. Who knows? Yeah. That'd be great. We could we, do it. We could do it at Rendezvous. Ooh, I'll yeah. have forty or fifty people that business are trip ready to go. Yep. Do it. <laughs> write it. Write it off on your taxes. It'll Absolutely. Yep. Awesome. Uh, and thank you for your service too. Yes, oh, thank you. It was my pleasure, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Pretty good, Neil. Good, Neil.